Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. What's up, y'all? Welcome back to another episode of SSPN. We got the Fiesta Polo on. This was my Christmas present. I was just I was just flexing it to Ethan. So I guess now I'm I'm flexing it to everybody here. But that's not what it's about. It's just a cool polo. I hope you guys can get this too. Besides the point, Spurs took a tough loss to the Jazz tonight, Ethan, but they never quit throughout the game. Um no loss is something that you want to happen and you don't want to normalize that as a good thing. But in the context of this situation with DeJounte Murray out and the way that this team, young team played tonight, uh, their second time against the Jazz after that big win earlier in the year, um, we saw some adjustments made by the Jazz. But really, they were in it close to the very end. I know it was a little bit of just a, a little bit of fake hope at the end, but I was happy with the way that the guys competed and I was happy with the three-point shooting tonight. I felt like that kept the Spurs in the game um, throughout the you know, when there were times where it felt like they were going to get away from it was going to get away from them and it seemed completely out of pocket, their threes kind of kept them in, which allowed them to make, you know, that little bit of a late scare there. So you got to take the good with the bad in games like this. That was kind of my take on it. What'd you think, Ethan? Tonight was just a perfect example of what makes a, you know, a perennial playoff team, a team that's fighting to get to the finals versus a team that's fighting to get into the play in tournament. Both teams missing their best player. Um, their go-to score, Donovan Mitchell and DeJounte Murray. It's going to come down to who has the most depth and uh, veteran experience on the team. And Utah just pulled through. Another thing that was a big difference maker tonight, I don't know if it was our aggression that didn't get us enough fouls or if it was the referees, but we had nine free throws tonight. They had 30. Um, So that's really a big difference maker considering we only lost by six points and we were always kind of within 10 to 15 points the entire night. Uh, like you said, we fought hard. Uh, we we just couldn't close the gap until our, our weirdly until our you know our, our scrubs came into hey, the game. Hey, no, we needed that energy. Joe Wees came we a dog on defense. All of a sudden, all of a sudden, <laughs> nobody knew. It was just like making incredibly oh my gosh. timely, incredible timing defensive plays tonight from uh, Weezy with those two minutes. Put him in the starting lineup, Jude. I'm yeah, ready. absolutely. That's what we have to do. No, uh, that seriously though, those were some good defensive plays by Weezy. Obviously, you know the Jazz were kind of playing a little lackadaisical. They got that timeout, cleaned everything up. Um, but he did a good job in those in those minutes. And I was kind of thinking late in this game, you know, some teams after you cut it, they would just put in, all right, let's put the starters back in again and really try to win this thing. I liked mm. how Pop left those young guys out there. Those are valuable yeah. experiences. Um, and I think they did well. Um, so Spurs Tube TV, we see you in here. Asia, we see you in here as well from TSR. We appreciate that. Um, and yeah, Tanner noticed also we're switched up. <laughs> so that was something yeah. that that we were just talking about that a little bit. I joined a little bit late, so you know, Ethan said we're halfway through the year. You know, we got to switch it up a little bit. I don't know. We'll we'll see. We'll see Trying how to keep it, it goes. Interesting. We're yeah, spice we, it up. We a got little to. Bit. And and SSPN for you Asia stands for Spurs Sports Programming Network. So it's your ESPN, but for the Spurs. That's the way that we like to market ourselves. But getting back to tonight's game, um, our man in the comments earlier, Eric Pacina mentioned it was a little bit of a rough shooting night uh when you go look at the percentages for the spurs 45 percent, 33 percent from three 
Um, so obviously the Spurs have been shooting a lot better from three in other games. But at the same time, as I mentioned a little bit earlier, you know, they were able to to hit some timely threes, especially Doug. Derek had a good night shooting as well. Everybody else was a little bit off. Jock went one for five and a lot of those threes, all of those threes actually were open. Yeah. So I'm not mad at that. Um, I think that honestly, we're a little bit rattled tonight from my perspective, what I saw. And I don't think that it was like, I don't know. It's hard to put this into words, but the point is the jazz just being better than us, like rattled us a little bit. It's been a little bit since we played like a legit NBA team. So I think there were little mistakes here and there that ended up costing the game. Also size. That was a big issue tonight. Um, Let me go look at the rebound numbers. I believe somebody else brought that up in the comments. And I remember seeing that. Yeah. So 55 to 44 um, tonight for the Spurs against the jazz. Um, but the Spurs did, they out assisted the jazz, um, as well. And they also had less turnovers than them, but that's when you start getting down to the three point shooting. And also if we go and look at free throws, like you mentioned earlier, really that's the key to the game. That's the biggest difference. Yeah. Yeah, That's the key to the game. Four to nine, 23 to 30. What did you think? And it's not all about the refs, but if you guys were in the stream last night, you noticed how we were kind of talking about the COVID refs. There were only two last night in San Antonio. There were three tonight. Maybe it's just me, Ethan, and I'm just being biased against these referees and not giving them enough credit, but I feel like I'm really seeing it, man. I feel like they got the backups in right now. <laughs> yeah, tonight was a rough one. I noticed it a lot, too. I was thinking about you, Jude. I was like, these refs are missing a lot of calls that should be going our way. Some calls that look pretty obvious, too. Not any of those, like, oh, I could go either way. I understand where they're coming from, but, you know, I don't want to blame the referees either. It felt like we kind of lost some aggression as the game went on. In the first quarter, I felt like we were really going at Rudy Gobert, especially Lonnie Walker and Kelton Johnson and Jakob Pertl. They were really going at him and for the most part beating him. Uh, you remember Lonnie Walker's nice little layup. He got underneath Rudy's arm. Uh, Jakob started off hot and kind of went back to his old ways of not really being aggressive at the same time uh, in the second half. And I think that might have cost us because – it felt like to me, Jude, we were in the game when we were being aggressive. We were playing inside. And then Utah kind of went on a run. They got a lead. And we, kinda, like you said, we kind of got rattled and we started putting up some okay shots. And then all, at the same time, we, were, we weren't really hitting our open shots either. Like you said, uh, Jock was open for all five of his threes, only hit one. What are the odds of that happening again? Probably not likely. You know, So there were just too many coincidences that lined up tonight that didn't go in the Spurs favor yeah I think another I agree with everything you said I think another factor too when I look at the box score at the end of the game and it's not always about that but yesterday I mentioned I was like hey like Derek's gonna need to score 20 for us to have a chance and that Mm -hmm. was the case we had a chance obviously it was a very slim chance but still had at the end of the, the game what I notice is in the last game we played against the Jazz, Keldon Johnson had 24 points. Tonight, he had 13. And it has given me a little bit of deja vu to last year. Definitely not as extreme, but it's going to be very interesting to see how like these top-tier Western Conference teams, or maybe just not top-tier, but like playoff Western Conference or Eastern Conference teams that we've played earlier in the year, how they adjust to the rest of our team. And mm-hmm. so... They definitely had the opportunity to really key in on Keldon because not only did he take advantage the last time we played them, but then also DeJounte Murray was off the floor tonight. Um, so I think that really cut off Keldon's running ra- running lanes, like the way that he likes to drive to the basket and just the way that he played in the past two games that we've seen and he's been able to take advantage. Tonight, 5 for 13. Um, 
was able to be a force on the boards at least. You know, he, he didn't play a terrible game overall. He played hard, but we needed him to get 20 tonight too to win. Mm-hmm. It makes Just, it way more difficult without DeJounte too because we think that's all the main sudden, reason. Yeah, they the, the Utah Jazz just had more weapons at their disposal, whereas the Spurs, um, you know, we have Derek White in the starting lineup, and then if KJ's not hitting, that he's not a weapon, and then Lonnie Walker off the bench, but if he's not hitting, you really have to hope Devin steps up, and he, they both had 11 and 13, fair numbers, uh, but DeJounte definitely would have made this a more competitive game, uh, 100%. We might have needed one if DeJounte's there. Yep, yep. I like how you mentioned Doug McDermott, because... In the moments where I felt like kind of going back to hitting threes and he had he shot well tonight. Um, mm-hmm. But in those moments where it was like everything, all right, game's over. He was like, all right, no, I'm going to hit a three here and it's mm-hmm. not over just yet. So I, I like to see that from him, especially in a type of game like this. Unfortunately, it didn't lead to a W, um, but he's just another one of those vets who can kind of keep the young guys grounded, like mentally and literally by helping them on the floor. But I think we get a really good comment here from our man Rob over at Spurs Tube TV. And I, I want to talk about Jordan Clarkson, too, because I see that in the comments. And you have to talk about the Wagner legend anytime he comes to San Antonio. Mm-hmm. Um, but talking about Lonnie, because this I wanted to ask you really, like, what did you think of Lonnie's game tonight? Because like 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 Rob's saying right here, some nights he looks like our sixth man. Other nights like tonight. I don't know. Um I guess he did get ripped when he turned down that three. So I actually didn't see that. So I'm glad he brought that up. Um, But another thing that whenever it comes to Lonnie, I don't know, because tonight I didn't feel like it was that it was off, but I still feel like it was a difference from earlier in the year watching tonight. Maybe that's just me being, you know, just seeing things through a happy Spurs lens and everything looks good. But what did you think? I agree with what you just said. I don't, think that this loss was Lonnie Walker's fault obviously looking at the box score we wish that he had more points only 11 the guy that's supposed to be our number one spark plug but his demeanor and the way he was playing it felt right to me he was still being aggressive I think we just played a good defense we did play a much better defense and when Rudy Gobert is down low it is really hard to score um and like I said earlier he was really taking it to Rudy early on it's just as the game proceeded, I think Utah just proved that they're a better team. That's just- and when you have DJ out too, that allows mm-hmm. them to keen in. Like, you know, coming into this game, they were game planning specifically for Keldon and Lonnie. Yes. So. Yes, I agree. You have a good veteran team. You got Quinn Snyder over there. You got Rudy Gay, um, who played with Lonnie for a couple years too. We talked about that last night. Um, mm-hmm. That is... That is unfortunately what happened. So that's what I would say, Rob. I think it's a good point, though, because it, it, it was a little concerning when you just, you know, you look at the box score after the game. But when you watch, it still feels like that demeanor switch is flipped. And he still made some good shots tonight. Um, I just think for the first time in a couple games, we played like an elite defensive team. So mm-hmm. hopefully he turns it back around. Yep. Yep. So we'll have to see, but the, the good news is it seems like the mental side is still there, but only time will tell. Only time will tell. I don't really have too many other like major thoughts on this one. I really feel like, you know, the little, the little mistakes, um, mm-hmm. and just really not having another like premiere. So, like, it, you know, <laughs> it's funny. I'm looking, it would have been like, oh, this would have been a great game to have DeJounte Murray. It really would have. But I mean, yeah. they also were without Donovan Mitchell. So we have to take that into account too. So if you put both yep. of them back on yep. our teams, we still probably lose. 
Yes. Honestly. Like, like, yes. Yes. That is a great point. Great point. So this is what I wanted to talk about earlier. Jordan Clarkson, 23, 8-5. and five. Um, it's 9 for 21, 2 for 7, but he got to the line, still found his way to just get 23 in there. He just ends up doing that anytime it's against the Spurs, it feels like, especially when he plays yeah. in San Antonio. Another interesting stat, too, is he's somebody who's also comfortable in this situation because I was watching the Jazz broadcast, and they were saying the last time Mitchell was out, Jordan Clarkson is like, all right, we play him at that position. And the last time that that happened, he had 30. So this is something that he does as a sixth man. And he's played this role before when Donovan, you know, will sit a night. That's just going to happen with stars. So I think just the Jazz being a little bit more comfortable. And for some, I don't, I think it's just that he's from San Antonio. And when he plays in San Antonio, he's just going to go crazy. I believe that we, here's this other comment. Apparently he got a picture with David Robinson after the game. Like you can't even be mad at him. Like mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just, it's just what it is. It, it would be nice. Yeah. Ruben Reina talking about it right now. Should the Spurs go after Jordan Clarkson? Yeah, because he did play here, you know, maybe sometime in the future, that would be something that would be really cool. I think right now they're kind of rolling with the guys, but, um, a straight up. He was trade. our kryptonite. He's been our kryptonite, man. <laughs> a, a Lonnie for Jordan, straight up trade. Yeah, <laughs> I wouldn't. I wouldn't hate that. <laughs> Let's see how it works. Yeah. Yeah. He. I think he averaged. I think they put it on the screen. The last two games in San Antonio, he has averaged twenty five and a half points a game, yep. and as a career, he's averaged like seventeen against San Antonio. Mm-hmm. So he likes to show up against us. He sees our face. We just have so many guys like that: Jordan Clarkson, Jalen <laughs> Brunson. Who else just decides to play? Look, out of their it's mind all right. It's all right. Keita Bates Diop is, you know, he's right. the MVP when he plays LeBron. LeBron stopper. <laughs> Keita Bates Diop. Yep. Yep. All right. Well, I honestly, we've had a lot of questions in here in the comments. We're just going to switch to this. Let's go um, for it. Specifically about the the Austin Big Three and Devontae Kaycock. Um, I'm not ready to hop on the Devontae Kaycock needs to play more, you know, train just yet. But I think he's a solid player. I think he's a little undersized. I feel like he's really just maybe a little bit more of a polished Drew Eubanks. I know that sounds crazy. That maybe I'm not trying to be disrespectful because he's played. He's been a double double machine in mm-hmm. Austin. And whenever he was in college, he led the entire NCAA in rebounds. So this is a dude who can get boards. And it seems like he's got a little bit of a post game, too. I just think that when he gets up to the NBA level, and maybe I'm wrong because we've had a lot of G League players translate very well, but I feel like he's still just behind a lot of those bigs. And once again, Zach Collins, that's still another one. So I just think he's behind too many people. And his lack of being able to stretch the floor, he is a great two-way player, and maybe he ends up taking a roster spot next year. But I don't think – I feel like his ceiling is going to be like Keita Bates. I feel like that's the, yeah. he's he's kind of the 2.0 version of Keita Bates. That's because last year Keita Bates was on the two-way, earned a contract. Devontae Kaycock kind of just filled that spot. So he's been playing really well. He got some good buckets there late, um, but we'll have to see. He does remind – Dewan Blair is a great comparison. That's a great comparison. Mm. But moreover, um, we saw Primo get some minutes at the end of that second half, um, and we also saw, obviously, the Camp steals as well. Um, what were your thoughts, I guess, on those guys? Very promising young core. I think we can finally win a championship in the G League. Not in the real NBA, <laughs> but in the G League. We're going to get a chip. Austin's first of the chip. They blew out the G League Ignite. Mm-hmm. No problem. 
<laughs> it's like a really a perfect big three when you think about it. You have a guy that's a ball dominant scorer that has no conscience and incredible confidence with Josh Primo. You got a guy that can play off ball, knock down some open threes, plays some great defense. Apparently, a good backdoor cutter in uh, in Wee's camp. He showed all that tonight and last night, or yeah, last night I think as well. And then Kaycock, just a, a rebounding machine. Um, his scoring is, you know, it's it's okay. I, I don't think he's a low post. He, he can muscle guys in the G League and get to yes. frequently. In the NBA, he would be, you're right, exactly how Keita Bates is scoring, which is just kind of being in the right spot at the right time and getting easy layups and easy putback dunks or drop-off dunks from Primo in the G League. Uh, but I don't think any of them other than Primo is actually going to get any significant uh, NBA minutes in the, in the, uh, in the present future. So Yeah. I'm with you there. I'm with you there. But they all look promising, and you're just happy, hey, the Spurs are using their two-way contracts to a good point. What's up? I just want to address Asia because I appreciate you being in here. She's commented like six times, yeah. and we just keep forgetting to, to respond <laughs> We're to just trying to go through the show. Yeah. We, we see you. <laughs> we, we are from Texas, Asia. We are from Texas. Yes. 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 And, and, uh, and Go ahead, you. No, Devin Vassell, that's another player I wanted to talk about tonight. Um, I know he didn't have the you know the greatest three-point shooting night I guess you could say but he was on the boards came in maybe could have done he's a player where I feel like when I say he maybe could have done a little bit more I don't think that it's his fault because he's just playing within himself when you see him out there he's just playing his role but he's a guy maybe if you gave him a couple more looks um who could have gotten a couple more buckets tonight but that it's specifically defensively I feel like he made a lot of plays. He had that put back as well, um, mm-hmm. but he just continues to kind of get his hands in there. So that was, I don't know what you, what you thought of Devin's performance tonight. You might've thought it was a little bit more mid than I did, but that was just what I was thinking. <laughs> no, he, he did what he could. I didn't expect anything more or less from him. Um, yeah, just, just a solid game. You said it best. Another thing about Devin tonight, I don't know if y'all noticed this, and this is kind of completely off topic, um, but... He, so everybody on the team was wearing white, like the white sleeves, the white mm. compression shorts. I don't yeah. know if Devin missed the memo, but he was in black compression shorts. <laughs> I was like, oh, no, I feel like this is a thing that like they probably tell him, you know, like just in passing. And maybe he was having a combo with pop mm. and he was just like, oh, we're wearing black. I probably wear the black. Things. I just I thought yeah. that was funny. It was just interesting because <laughs> it's like obviously color coded in the NBA. So I'm like, oh, I hope he doesn't have to run for that. Mm. <laughs> he might. He might, knowing the Spurs. Asia, we are, uh, or I, I, I'm a Cowboys fan. I don't think Jude is, though. Jude's a, yeah. a Louisiana guy. I'm a Saints fan, unfortunately, taking the L tonight, but that's besides the point. Let's get back to the Spurs. Okay, yes. <laughs> so I want to talk also about Jacques Landale. Um, just tell me what you thought about his performance tonight. I know he missed shots, but I still feel like he's just, I feel like this was, if you look at the plus minus, you're going to be like, oh, this maybe wasn't the greatest game for Jacques. Um, but for me personally, I thought he still just made those basketball plays was still in the right place at the right time. He got beat a couple times, but I still think he's a solid backup center. Not the greatest game, but you know, mm-hmm. he's matched up against Rudy Gobert more than he thought he was going to be with the foul trouble from Jakob. So I still feel like even though this was a rough game for Jock, like the promise is still there and everything that he's been kind of appealing to us recently, um, is still you know, that's still out there. It was just a rough game for him tonight. Yeah, I'm not mad at him at all. Um, I'm not jumping off 
the yuck, the jock train yet. Offensively, he's still in the right place at the right time. I know he missed shots, but those will fall um, as we continue down the season. What worried me most about Jock was his inability to get on the boards. He only had one rebound tonight at seven feet. I know he's going against the That's a great point. And he's going up against um, the the Stifle Tower and Gobert. But you'd still like to see him get more than one rebound, especially when Jakob has got 13 and Keldon's got seven. Um, you got to get more than one. That's the only negative I can really harp on with uh, his game tonight. That was something I missed, and I'm glad you said that because that was something over the past two games that we've really been praising him for. We're yeah. like, oh my God, look at his offensive rebounds, the way that he's been able to dish out. But, you know, that's the difference of playing COVID NBA players and then playing a team that's basically completely healthy or mm-hmm. is completely healthy um, in regards to that. So we'll have to see how that uh, it's gonna, just going to be interesting to see. Hopefully he can just grow from this and learn to, you know, be a little bit more physical. Um, but we'll have to see what ends up happening. Oh, look forward. who's back. <laughs> Tavarius is back. Yes, it's OK. <laughs> it's all right. Ten and ten and six after four and 13. So Spurs mm-hmm. are doing pretty well so far. Um after that little stretch there, it's going to be, you know, a tough, tough game against one of the better teams against the Utah Jazz. But going back to what I was saying with Jock, just the way that, like you said, those boards, he needs to step up there for sure. And it's just going to be interesting to see how he plays against other NBA rotation players. That's what it took me forever to get to that point, but I was <laughs> trying to get there. And so if he... Because you're going to be playing another, like, Hassan Whiteside really isn't, like, like that whenever it comes to, like, the top tier of backup centers. So, hopefully, he can just be more physical. But Because if he can't, that's going to be an issue for him moving forward. Just one game, though. One game, though. But hopefully, that's something that he can improve on. Because it's no longer going to be Greg Monroe and the boys, (laughs) you know, out there. That was crazy. I saw Greg Monroe got a contract. I haven't thought about him like, I remember trading for him, you know, in 2K13 when he was on the Bucks. I was like, oh, what a promising young center. And now it's like, oh, wow, he's mm, back oh. in the NBA. That's insane. I haven't thought about him in forever. So good for him. Good for all the guys that are out there getting contracts and keeping the league going. Um, and that is a good point, Tanner. Yeah, Whiteside is probably going to be one of the bigger centers that he does have to face. So that's that's another good thing. Thank you for keeping us grounded here. Can't get too crazy. I Remember was when everyone thought he was going to be the next Shaq Hassan Whiteside <laughs> back in like 2K14-15 when he was Dude. like... Dude, well, he came in the league and was just going crazy with triple doubles. Yeah, so. in Miami, he was like supposed to be the next thing. And then uh, look at him now. Yeah, Jock's <laughs> rebounding is going to be fine. I was going off yeah. on that tangent. But it'll just be interesting to see how he plays against the rest of uh, the league and, and those type of size guys. But it's probably just going to be one game. Um, and you know what? Um, I think I got, I forget where I got this question from. Maybe it was you or somebody else. No. So I actually got this question from a friend of mine and he said, Jock or Zach. I told him both. What do you think? We can talk. We talked about this a little bit last night, but those, whenever Zach Collins gets back, what are we thinking about those, those lineups off the bench? Because I feel like Zach Collins, just the way that we're paying him the contract we signed, he's going to be a guy who plays. Yeah, I'd lean toward that direction as well, Zach Collins. And if anybody loses minutes, I think it'll be a mixture of both Jacques and Keita Bates-Diop. And then Eubanks will basically be what Devontae Kaycock is right now, which is uh, basically never in the game. That that would be the safe bet. Yep. I'm going to have a bold prediction. I'm going to say that Jacques actually doesn't get minutes. 
That's also probably fair. I'm going to just say that they go straight Zach Collins. Um, actually, no, I disagree with that because he's going to have to manage ro- He's going to have to manage minutes when they come back. I just know that's how the Spurs roll. But of course, yeah. with our luck, now that I say this, they're going to be like, Zach Collins is com- completely com- cleared to play. Um, <laughs> but I think that I think probably it's just going to be Trey Jones, Lonnie, Devin, Kieda, Zach. Yeah, that's probably fair. And then the normal normal lineup in uh, Dejounte, Derek, Jakob, Doug, and Jakob. Yeah, yep, yep. Let's just move Fatties to the to starting lineup again. <sighs> Man, Tanner wants uh, to trade for eighteen we're, first. We're, we're gonna have to. I think that that's very valuable to any team. You know, not the eighteen first, just Thaddeus Young's leadership and his conversations. Yeah. I think it's guaranteed championship. So, yeah, we have to trade him for 18 picks. And Kieda, Kieda, we have to, look, we don't even want, like, LeBron wouldn't be enough for Kieda Bates. That's right. That's <laughs> right. You said it. <laughs> you heard you it here it first. You heard it here first. All right. I know that we haven't been going too much analysis-wise after that, but let's go ahead and look at the rest of the Spurs schedule moving forward. It's a little bit of a tough stretch starting here. We got the Heat coming up um so i'm gonna go ahead and look at their injury report to see what's happening with them if espn would work properly that would be nice but i guess it's you're not. welcome asia <laughs> i guess it's not going to come on now look i feel like this is this is pure entertainment right now for the people Here, i'll <laughs> do something with my fingers I just want I just want to know yeah they're not giving me the injury report right now. Wait 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 wait. Okay. Never Think mind. about all the subscribers we're getting right now, Jude. I know. I know. Okay. I have the injury report. I have the injury report, all right? So, PJ Tucker is out and Markeith Morris is out. So, we won't be injured tomorrow. That's a good yes. thing or Wednesday. Yeah, but Kyle Lowry, Bam Adebayo, um and he Bam Adebayo is out for a while, so he actually got hurt on December 7th. I had no clue about that. So he went through surgery. But Kyle Lowry is also out, and I think that's health and safety protocols as well. So that, um, you know, look, we obviously want everybody to get get well as fast as possible. But, you know, if Kyle Lowry's not playing in that game, that'll be nice for the Spurs. <laughs> <laughs> the way you said that was I know. so friendly, but like it, also it so... Was so bad. That was that was that was the way that I intended it. So the Spurs got to go play the Heat. That will be another tough one, just like this. Um, but it seems like if Dejounte is still out, it's going to be a type of even game. I think the Spurs will probably have a little bit more of a chance in that Heat game, um, and then they're going to have Memphis and Detroit and Toronto before they go play Boston, Philadelphia, Brooklyn, and New York. So all winnable games, except all. For- all winnable games, um, except for, well, I would say, not coming, moving forward, I think every game is winnable, uh, especially if Lowry is still out on Wednesday. And it'll be interesting to see how long it takes DJ to get back, too, because there were a lot of new COVID regulations that were just released in the quarantine period. It's like mm. moving from 10 to 5 days, so he could be back a lot sooner. Um, so that's other good news. And really, that's probably, that's probably my kind of final comment on this post game. Yeah. You said it best, Jude, as, as usual. All righty. Any final thoughts, Ethan? 
Let's keep up the good work, boys. <laughs> <laughs> they're doing well. Look, it's a young yeah, they're team. Playing well. It's a young team. They're gonna this is a loss that you're not mad about. No. All in all. So let's yes, hope the growth continues and we'll see you guys soon. But before you leave, don't forget to like and subscribe if you did like this channel um and this episode, or if you're just a Spurs fan. And then also follow us on Twitter at Ethan underscore Quintero and at Jude McLaren to stay updated with all the podcast stuff. If you like listening to that. Um, and go ahead and head over to Spurs Tube TV to check out some other great Spurs content. And also, if you would like to buy some merch from us, we got t-shirts, we got hoodies, we got mugs even. So y'all go check all that good stuff out, and we'll see y'all later. <laughs>